You're listening to a special 3am drop of a bonus conversation between Joanna Rakoff, author and Swifty, and Tamara Federici, producer of Every Band Ever, already in progress. She writes how you feel, not how you uh, want to appear saying something. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. the stupid things that you feel uh, and all of the complex <laughs> ways that that works about like, I wish I was not I wish I wasn't like this, but I'm having all these crazy feelings and I feel really uh, nervous and sad and scared and this boy doesn't like me. And, you know, if you're telling people you're going to make it in a cooler way or if you're making a song about it, you're going to do it in like, you know, most dudes, especially it's going to be a thing where they're in control and they are um, being too cool for school and, you know, whatever. And they're rocking out. And hers was she's so hard on her sleeve that uh, that's. That's new. And it's not like the 1950s type of, you know, courtship love of like, you know, doo-wop or something like that. It's in this way that feels like, ugh, fifth grade diary, this hurts, you know? (laughs) It's true. It's like there's a quality, a kind of open wound quality that I think almost anyone can relate to. Um, Do you think that she is like an actual genius? Like, I mean, is there anyone who produces as many songs as she does, as rapidly as she does? I mean, Beyonce. Do you think, though? Beyonce does Springsteen in the 70s. Prolific. You know? Oh, yeah. Bruce Mm. Reed, that's right. Right. So when he was so young, they were, you know, he was crafting the whole narrative about um, New Jersey and him and, you know, romanticism and sexy bikes (laughs) and stuff like that. (laughs) Um, Rip jeans. Yes. jeans, putting his butt on the cover, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly, that's like an iconic an image from our childhood. Right, a butt, a butt and a hat. That's it. You don't need a lot of. There's not a lot of art design in a button hat, and that's all you need. But also, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Those are the most prolific. I feel like I'm trying to think of somebody from like the '60s who was around forever. I mean, maybe Billy Joel. Bill Joel, sorry. He likes Bill. Um, yeah. The only person that I could think, I forgot about Bruce Springsteen. I don't know how that's possible, especially considering my mother-in-law went to high school with him. Wow. Um, <laughs> yes, um, that's real. But, um, or supposedly she did. They didn't know each other. They went to the same high school. It's unclear. Anyway, but um I, the only other person I could think of was actually Elvis Costello, who I'm also That's a super, great. super fan of. Like, I was one of those kids who the first thing I put up in my dorm room when I got to college was like an oversized trust poster that the guy <laughs> at my local record shop had given me. There, He was like, eh, we're going to throw this out. Do you want it? And I was like, yes, I do. I want it. And um, so I don't know. Maybe I have some kind of obsession with really prolific artists who write tortured but upbeat pop songs. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that. Uh, Elvis Costello has that amazing song. Um, oh, gosh. I Want You is one yes, of I was the most haunting yes. songs. Yes, yes, I just feel like that Sounds like he's ripping his vocal cords out of oh his body. Oh, my God. That torment. Yeah, his parents are super nice. They, uh, they're both, they, uh, his dad was a musician. And, um, you know, he started out, that was his family business. stuff. So um, I did not know that. I yeah, actually know so, nothing about him except that he is married to Diana Krall now, right? Yeah, yeah, because he always gives my lovely wife Diana Krall. 
So I have a, I have so many questions. It's hard to choose just one. Um, I know that Taylor Swift is famously very, very private, you know, despite the fact that she really, um, you know, is very confessional in her songs. I know that she's private and I, I can sense that you're trying to not in any way betray her trust um, or her confidence, because that would obviously be horrible um, for you. Um, but I wondered, I was curious about Jack Antonoff. So um, I actually really like his band bleachers a lot mm -hmm. um and um yeah like his duet with lord um don't take the money is a favorite song of mine and i was curious like i know you know that you know a lot about him and have worked with him and i was curious like what um his influence was on taylor swift or maybe i can call her taylor since I'm talking you to can. you. What does she go? <laughs> Sometimes she goes by, um, you know, it's a sort of a sparkle group. Sometimes she goes by Sparkle Pony, but that is an actual other band. So we don't call yes. it that much. That's others. That's others. Sparkle That's Pony. her her boyfriend who is, he is, um, when I have been, the last time we worked with her, um, he was off working on male splash. So he was doing that. And so I didn't get to meet him at all. I've never met him, but, um, Jack Antonoff is, uh, he's just always been with her. He's really easy because he, um, in addition to being Lena Dunham's ex <laughs> that he benefited from in the public eye and, um, you know, then became a producer in his own right. Um, he, he is really, easy to trust so i think that's why all these all these you know performers of the same age and even bruce springsteen who did a duet with him um i think that's why they like working with him because i think he is a different um breed um besides mm -hmm. me of being in the studio with somebody who's not um you know overbearing um also we're coming out of the the people who are like abusive in the studio to like uh, female performers. Right. Um, yes. And you can't, uh, you know, he just seems like he is a different, different type of producer and very inclusive and um, he can get the best out of people because of who he, you know, I, I think he just wants people to do the best work and he's also um, encouraging. Um, yeah. Let me try to think of one story about about him is that I think one time Taylor I guess this is 1989 um I think it's 1989 he she was a little bit down about how recording was going and you know of course was um sensitive to criticism uh and he brought in a whole bunch of baby deer and he just let her feed it <laughs> whoa yeah so she just you know she opened her hand and, and like fed them. And then he said, okay, well now, now let's try that take again. And, um, oh and they got it. Right. And then the same thing, I think it wasn't blank space. It was, um, Oh, what was the one on, uh, 1989. Oh no, it was lover. Uh, the lover album was, um, you know, he knew that trick worked. So what he got, was he actually, um, flew in individually, a hundred different rabbits, different kinds, big ones, small ones, floppy-eared ones, right? So when she came into the room, it was a piano and it was just 
sick with rabbits. So she had to push wow. those rabbits off of the piano. And then she sat down and wrote Lover, which is really different than a lot of the yes. songs on that album. But it was because of the furry rabbits and the two finger oh rabbit God. pet. I don't know if you know <laughs> what that is. That's you can that that's yeah, you can touch the rabbits, but very gently. So you just kind of appreciate them. Yeah. So that was what happened with that was we just filled the room with animals. And then, um, you know, I assume he took those back. I don't maybe they're still maybe they're still there. Maybe they probably died. That's a lot of them. rabbit poop. It's a lot of rabbits. I mean, I, I would suggest it. Rabbit. <laughs> did. Yeah. A lot of chewing through cords as well. But <laughs> yeah, there was only one take on that album, and that's why I mean uh, of that song, and that's why because oh my god, you know, wow, yeah, somewhere that's in so, the amps. I didn't know that she loved animals, but it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, they uh, she he built her a big uh, a, a log cabin for <laughs> bad blood because uh, she needed the inner rage and the alone time. And so she just went online and looked at comments in that log cabin. And then she was ready, right? Yeah. So he kind of goes all out for that, you know? And um, wow. yeah, I'll just kind of oversee some of that. And then I just let him do what he does because he's, you know, he's good at it. He is. His arrangements are incredible. Um, yeah. And he, he has a really distinctive sound, I think. Um, like he gets this kind of the artists he worked with, so many of whom are women, he gets them to sort of have a sort of urgency to their songs, um, no matter what, no matter if they're sort of like more angry or more sweet or um, more happy, there's an urgency to them. That's what I've noticed about his work. I was so curious, like you can kind of tell a Jack Antonoff album. Um, so I was curious, um, does Taylor Swift eat food? Or does she just subsist on like pixie dust? Um, both. She will mix the pixie dust in with uh, blended food and she'll eat that. And then she also has a person whose job is just to press the food or to squish it down. So she can, it's a little easier if it's sort of like pre-mashed. And so she'll do that. It's a sort of grapes. Um, she can do that with a, a chicken. There's somebody who just mashes a chicken by hand, which is, you oh. know. Yeah, so when you get to a certain level as an as an artist, they just, you know, I think the Grammys sort of give you one for the first year if you win a Grammy. And then beyond that, you're sort of, you're on your own to find your own chicken presser. But people do it, you know, I mean, especially in LA. That makes sense. Because I mean, yeah, she's, she's so prolific. It seems like she doesn't have time to eat. And that's why she needs just like someone to just hand her a smoothie. Right, exactly. Right? Does that happen when like... you're when you're writing? Is that, a, do you have a person like that? I don't, but I wish I did because I am kind of of that same personality type, you know, um, in which I will um, get just very involved, um, especially when it's a book, when it's a long project or a screenplay or whatever, and I will just work without stopping and I'll barely register that I'm starving, <laughs> um, but I just don't want to stop for more than a second. So I wish I had someone to just press a chicken for me and be mm -hmm. like, here, just put this in your mouth. I have a number of a sandwich man that I will give you after the podcast. Oh, that would be great. That he would be will stand by the door and just hand you a sandwich and people swear by this guy. Thank He's you. Great. Yeah. I wish there were a service for, you know, creatives 
or what have you. I mean, I guess maybe if I win a National Book Award or mm-hmm. something, my equivalent of a Grammy, I'll get my own chicken yeah. for a year. They should start that. I mean, you need to eat something yeah, more than just a basket by the door, too. No, none of that Hedgebrook stuff. You know, you need your own. You got to have a sandwich, man. It cha- it's a life changer. <laughs> my, other, my other Taylor question is I wondered, are her songs, to me have an unusually literary quality you know there are allusions to literature um i mean the probably most famous one would be like in love story when she's like because you were romeo i was the scarlet letter doesn't totally make sense but that's okay um he's so much smaller than him physically (laughs) they can't have Nobody can have sex with an A. This doesn't match up. It seems really hard. Yeah. Where yes. does that go? Or I was thinking like character <laughs> book. Like they're not, like in terms of SAT questions, they're not analogous. They're two different <laughs> But I get, I actually love that line and I get what she's going for. Like she's sort of saying, you know, I was um, a person who was defined by scandal and kind of scorned by my family and my community. Um not I presumably not for having premarital sex and getting pregnant um in colonial America <laughs> but um in like a witch trial sort of way but um yeah anyway I get what she's trying to do there and I like it um and I wondered is she a big reader um like now because of social media we see so much of you know like what Reese Witherspoon is reading and what Sarah Jessica Parker is reading and what I don't even know who this person is, but like somehow I know her name, like what Kaya Gerber is reading. She has like a whole Instagram about what she's reading. But I wondered, like Taylor Swift, I've always wondered, is she someone who reads a lot? She does read a lot. And in fact, we did have a line in that, in that, um, in Love Story. And it said, it's not analogous. So she actually knew that, that, that it wasn't (laughs) like, you know, she already knew, but it was sort of, in the middle of it, it was sort of like, do we need to step back and explain it? Or are we just going to go forward? And it, it was just, we felt like we should move on from that. But she knows, she knows when that happens. So she's a really yeah. great reader. You know, she's, um, the next project after Midnight's is going to be called Ulysses. And it's going to be from the point of view of a lot of people in that book. Um, and Ooh. it's going to sound like a sea shanty because she hasn't gone in that direction before. You know, she's gone... Uh, pop now sonic um you know reputation was oddball and you know she's never even come close to sea shanty so she's actually going to be going to um you know ireland and she's also (laughs) she's also going to go on a pirate ship spend a month there uh sort of glamping whatever glamping is on a pirate ship and uh you know to the cape because you can do that you know it's a big new england thing the whole pirate ship glamping so you can't even wear like pirate clothing um and you have these pirate guides like off that you sort of leave from provincetown that Mm -hmm. area yeah aaron desner is sending some uh some yar samples and that's going to kind of be the the bedrock of that and then um there's also going to be there's a a couple of doubloon sacks and uh jackie sparkles is going to have it he's just going to be like shaking those it's going to have that background of of uh you know shaking doubloons and doubloons are expensive and she's actually just outright purchased them so those are in a vault um but they'll come out in the rehearsal sessions yeah Um, yeah it makes me think um that 
I mean, she's done so many duets and collaborations. Um, I love her duet with Ed Sheeran, even though I have absolutely no interest in Ed Sheeran's music by himself. But um, yeah, you were, I mean, you probably have lots of stories. He's um, a different guy, you know, he's kind of, you see what you see is what you get type of guy. Really? Like, he's just know, like, doo -doo -doo. like, yeah, yeah. He kind of was like, I, I want to write a song about the sweater. And it's like, you go for it, Ed Sheeran. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's going to yeah. happen. Right, my sweater reminds me of you. But then Taylor Swift also wrote a song about a sweater, and that worked out for her. So, you know, she did. But her song was kind of, you know, profound and wonderful. Um, I have one question for you, and it's twelve twenty-five. But uh, uh, have you heard the new? Have you heard the new album? Yes, I have. Um, so you know, my husband popped in, and he was, and I said, he loves Taylor Swift, and he was like, I like Taylor Swift, and he does. <laughs> That's and I feel like I should explain that he is a composer of classical music. And so I feel like maybe he has to say, I only like Taylor Swift. Um, but he actually, you know, it came out at midnight and the next morning um, at about 7 a.m. He put it, we woke up and while I was drinking coffee, he put it on our very elaborate stereo system. Oh, and wow. so I actually only listened to it a few times, um, okay. but I think it's great. I really like it. Um, I know some people are saying that they like the second half of the album better than the first half, but I think it starts off like really strong. I love the first song on it. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. That's it. The first song is purple is uh lavender haze. Um, but yeah, I don't know what, uh, I guess. Yeah, what was your favorite song on it? I'm just looking at the song list. Oh, well, you're looking at the song list. I can tell you that we did, um, I do have some lyrics that we didn't put in this album. So they're just, um, here's one that did not make it. Pink eye, red dress, can you guess what happened? Really guess what happened? I forgot to wash my hands. Really? I'm that sad that it, can you guess what happened? Didn't make it on that, it sounds like it could be so good. Maybe it will be on like a kind of, extended version of yeah. it at some point. I think we're going to do another. We're going to do a drop in a month because nobody is going to be expecting that. It's just going to be this song. Perhaps yeah. if we retool it because I and nobody does the one song drop after a drop, after a 3 a.m. drop. You're not expecting it in November. Come on. Yeah, so, that's so true. Like Definitely. November's a dead month. Like between Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's like nothing. Um, I th I'm just looking at the list and there, I can't, I'm not sure I can choose a favorite song, but I really like the song Karma. Oh yeah. Are you? Um, I love Lavender Haze. I love Antihero. Um, I like, I really like Vigilante shit. Um, but I, Karma is the one that kind of stuck out to me when I first listened to it. Because of the themes in her life about Karma or because of uh, the happiness of Karma? Honestly, just because of the melody because I've only listened to it a few times, so I don't even know what all the lyrics are. All right. I'm still at the kind of just, I feel like there's a, for me, there's kind of like an arc with a Taylor Swift album. It comes out, I'm like, ah, oh, this is different. Ah, oh, what's happening here? And, um, and sometimes like as with Reputation, I was like, I don't like this. You know, and with Lover, I had the same thing. This is not what I expected. I don't want this, no. Not what I wanted. Not what I expected. No, this is bad. What was she thinking? Why would she do this? No. 
And then I listened to it a bunch more times. And I'm like, this is genius. I love this. This is exactly what I want. She wrote this album for me. Um, and with, I will say with Midnight's, I did not have that arc. I listened to it and I was like, this is great. It did register as different than the last two albums, but not in a way that made me think this, I don't want this. What she do? What, what is going on here? Um, one of my children actually did have that response. My daughter, Pearl, who's um, in eighth grade, she is a huge Swifty. Like her, she and her friends sit around and sort of decide to rank all of the Taylor, their favorite Taylor Swift songs. Um, she did not like it, but now she does. So yes. Anyway. Um, thank you thank for giving you. me this opportunity to grill you. Um, I've been trying to be really restrained and not my normal reporter self. Um, <laughs> but thank you. I have no one except my kids to talk about Taylor Swift with. So thank you, Tamara. Wow. That was crazy. For updates, go to every band ever on Instagram. Joanna Rakoff is the author of the international best-selling memoir My Salinger Year and the best-selling novel A Fortunate Age. The film adaptation of the memoir opened in theaters worldwide in 2021 starring Margaret Qualley and Sigourney Weaver. Her new memoir, The Fifth Passenger, is forthcoming from Little Brown in 2024. Tamara Federici tried to tell you. The editor is Will Velasquez. The audio engineer is Clark Jackson. Thanks for listening. See you next week. She works hard for the money so hard for it, honey she works hard for the money so you better treat her right. Good night.